welcome to Dial H for Hero Clicks, episode 59. I am your host, Hunter Smith. With me today is my friend and cousin, Austin Smith. Hola. And I forgot another Drew joke today, so just the sexy, as always, Mr. Drew Alderson. Hi. <laughs> uh, the theme song uh, does relate to our topic today. It's our short format, and re- today we're just briefly going to talk about the changes that have recently been made to the ROC events. Uh, because not only are there a uh, few new rules changes, but there's also some new kits. And so we just wanted to kind of talk about that and then promote our Dial H for Heroclix first annual event at the end of, of the discussion. We also have a tiny bit of news and some community stuff to get to as well. We're first going to start with the news. Um, as most of you guys have already heard, of course we've been talking about Gen Con here on the podcast for the last couple of weeks. Yep. The uh, WizKids has announced that next year World's Championships will not be at Gen Con for the first time ever. Right? Yeah. For the first time ever, it will not be at Gen Con. It will be at Dragon Con. That was Origins. Or sorry, reading the wrong one. It will be at Origins (laughs) in Columbus. We're about to talk about Dragon Con next. Um, It'll be at Origins, which is two weeks? Let me see when Origins usually is. June. It's like a month. It's June. I, I think it's between two to four weeks before Gen Con. No, it's June. Let's Which see. would be in month. No, Gen Con's in August. Nope, Gen Con's in July now. What? Yeah, Gen yeah, Con's moving up next You year. didn't know that? No, no one told me. Uh, let's see. Origins is June 3rd through the 7th next year. So yeah, it is at least a month before Gen Con. Uh, that is in Columbus, Ohio. So it's really not too much farther for us. It's that's about an a hour two and a half, hour, hour yeah, about a, about a two hour drive. <laughs> I guess we're kind of spoiled. So I mean, but uh, the championships are moving to Columbus, Ohio. There still will be HeroClix events at Gen Con. It just won't be the site of the yeah. World Championship. They'll still be selling stuff. They'll still have booths and they'll have all the events. They just yeah, it's going to be Origins. And then the next item on the news list is that Dragon Con is this weekend actually going on right now as we speak they're probably moving into their championship rounds right now uh, Dragon Con is in Atlanta for those of you who Atlanta. are there and this right now for this year is the RO, excuse me the ROC championships but that also will be changing next year it will no longer be at Dragon Con um, Howard says that he He's 99% sure it will stay in Atlanta at the same area, but will probably be a little later in the year. And the reason they're wanting to do that, and probably the reason that Gen Con, that Worlds is also moving from Gen Con, is that they're trying to spread out all the majors for Hero Clicks across the year. Because right now, really, if you think about it, they're all in like a two month span. Yep. So they're kind of with the, um, what's the Hero Clicks? things they or they calling them opens or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. so with those and then also now move spreading out these events a little bit all the big majors they're trying to make it more like other competitive games where the major events are kind of like, spread out across the year kind of like magic how magic has four pro tours a year or yeah, so yeah. with each set release um, which is a great idea the other thing is origins is also a much smaller convention than gen con mm-hmm um, and since it's nearby, of course, it doesn't hassle those of us who already live by it. It will but, help, uh, yeah. Yeah, it'll be a larger venue. They'll have more room to do stuff. 
Very true. Um, the exhi- the ex- uh, exhibition hall isn't as bad. Like, Origins is a lot smaller. Um, it's not as crowded. So they have more room to set up tables, more room to run Worlds and all that stuff. And Worlds is growing. I mean, they really need to move it to a different venue. So, question. Have they announced whether or not they're going to do away with the uh, Origins only getting, like, a certain set of con exclusives? I don't know. That's a good question, actually. Like, um... Yeah, usually when Origins starts, they only have two out of the six at Origins. And then at at Gen Con, they have all six. So Hmm. say we, like, we, you know... Go to Origins. I don't want to like you know travel all the way there. Travel all the way there for the what's supposed to be worlds. and get like six dupes, yeah, or whatever. That's a good question, actually. I that'll be answered by WizKids because they are the uh, only ones who control. The other thing that I really like about it, and the other thing that this is really big for, this means that a month before rotation, we're gonna have a we're gonna have the final who all for the year, right? Yeah. And that's actually a better idea, yeah. anyways, because then. You've had a whole year of this of the sets to kind of uh, absorb, uh, kind of, well, yeah, to, to solve the meta, to solve, yeah, exactly, to to really know what's the best combinations at this point, and then right after that, then everything rotates and starts fresh. Which because uh, like overall, yeah. that seems like a great plan. well, like Gen Con and Origins both like something always dominates at Origins, and then Gen Con flips, and it's not nowhere to be seen. Like this year, all of a sudden, we had. Other color power batteries show up. We had Resurrection Man added to the pool. Yep. Um, what else was it? There was a lot of... Where's that sheet, Hunter? Well, honestly, just it? between Resurrection Man and the Black and White Lanterns, that was a huge, yeah. huge difference there. Um, and then the the rotation, yeah, like you said. And if they continue with the whole you can't get, you know, use stuff you, you got here sort of thing. Yeah, that means the con exclusives won't be That means, be like, con exclusives like Resurrection Man and um, the battery packs won't be legal. We'll see what they do. Next year. I mean, honestly, maybe, because they did say on the opens that they were going to be giving out con exclusives and stuff, maybe next year they do the cons earlier in the year and they start start with the opens, you know. And maybe, maybe at the big open they do two of the cons and then at Origins, they do all six, and they're all you know. I don't know. We'll just have to see. They they haven't officially announced anything. Um, if we get news on that, we'll let you guys know. And then, since this guy, since this week was pretty low on news, I decided to also do an update on any changes that we know for upcoming sets. There's really no new no new news on Flash. Uh, we do know that for the Battle of the Five Armies, the last Hobbit movie set will be coming out. Um, its projected date is uh, now November 5th. There are 12 figures with the mass markets. There's 10 for the hobby set and then two that are dedicated to mass markets. So there's actually it's a pretty small set. It's similar to the uh, Return of the King set. No chase. And so far we don't well so far we don't know rarity at all. Um, I guess we'll see. Yeah. And then, and this is all coming off of the the games uh, trade solicit and the uh, mass market solicit. Then for Trinity War, we have a couple new known figures that we know will be in it, including Shazam and Element Woman being the two newest additions. So far, if you're not familiar, these are the figures, the characters that we know for sure will be in Trinity War. Don't know the rarity yet, or the slot, or anything, but we know that they will be in it. Lex, Mera, Parademons, 
Firestorm, Ultraman, Owlman, Superwoman, Deathstorm, the whole entire uh, crime, crime syndicate. syndicate. Yeah. Wonder Woman, Shazam, Ocean Master is a good addition. I'm very happy with that one. Elemental Woman and uh, Aquaman. So far we don't have a sculpt, but he was listed in text, so they this know that is, there will uh, be a new Aquaman. This is going to be a good opportunity to get all their guys in, you know, because I don't know if you noticed or not, Teen Titans is rotating. And we're losing a lot of figures. There's not going to be an Aquaman that isn't a Black Lantern. Well, I, you know oh, what true. else is? You know what else? Uh, DC Tenth. Yep. Is going to be rotating. And Streets of Gotham has some figures that are key too, like Hawk and Dove. Yeah. That that aren't going to be in any other sets. Hawkman. There isn't going to be a modern Hawkman. Well, there already isn't, an, isn't because he was oh, in yeah. uh, New Fifty Two. Yeah, right. Um, I'm kind of hoping we see some more Atlantis figures in this set. I didn't really think about it much, but Throne of Atlantis was kind was of a, a New Fifty Two. You just yeah. depressed me because now I realize there isn't a modern Hawkman. <laughs> yeah, there's no Green Arrow either. Sorry, Drew. That's just stupid. Yeah. Anyways, the hopefully. That's some news for you guys. So Shazam, though, we're Shazam. finally getting a Shazam. That's I don't have to jump off a bridge. Now. That's something we can. I all said be last happy week about. if we don't get a Shazam, I'm jumping off a bridge. I unfortunately, Drew's probably sad about it. I'm not going to be jumping off a bridge now. Wait, what's this breaking news? Shazam has been removed from the Trinity War set. literally calls us up to say because of this, we're removing Shazam. That's going to do it for the news. I knew they were trying to get us in any way possible. Let's move into our main topic, which is the ROC. So I know some of you guys might not care, but you may at least find some of these rules changes interesting, and you may want to uh, some of them test, are worth implementing at your yeah, own That's venue. what I was going to say. You may want to test them out and, and see what you think, trying them out at your own venue. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with the ROC, it's a major qualifier series now, uh, ran by TCG Player and HC Realms in conjunction. And you buy a prize kit for your venue, and then you run these events... And they have a general rule set that you follow. And honestly, it's extremely close to the standard anyways, the standard Heroclix rules. Really, as far as rulings and judgings, it's pretty much identical to WizKids format. The only differences come into play when it comes to things like that affect brackets and stuff. Like ties and uh, uh, placings and, and getting your matches and your build sheets and all that good stuff. So... What they have added this year is two new sizes of events, the first of which is the smallest that they've ever done. The kit is just called Win a Map Kit, and it pretty much is, you know, it's, it's right there in the name. The kit only costs your store $50. That's awesome, actually. Any, any store can purchase and run it. And then first place gets a map, five points, a set of dice, two tokens. Second place gets three points, set of dice, two tokens. Third and fourth get a set of dice, two tokens. So that's pretty much what the other kit was, but it was more expensive, wasn't it? Well, yeah. The next biggest one was a trial. The problem was with the old format, you couldn't run a trial unless you were running a super queue later that year. That's right. Uh, the trial kit is a hundred dollars, and basically you get another you get another map though. Yeah. So for the win a map kit, it's only fifty dollars, but you're only getting one map. But this this is the perfect get your toes wet kit. You to know, see what kind of competitive players you have. It's only $50. You could charge $5 a player and only need 10, 10 people players. to show up to get your money back. First place is going to get a really freaking sweet map. I love the map that I have, and I can't wait to get some of the new ones. Uh, and then, at the very least, your top four are each going to get a set of dice and some custom object, like poker chip Nothing type like throwing things, a segue so. at a bitch. Yeah, so that's really cool then they have now the biggest size kit and we'll be talking about this in a minute 
the TCGplayer.com regional qualifiers. Now, this is a big announcement, and it actually involves us personally because I'll be running the first ever ROC regional qualifier. Some details are official, some are not, so I can't share everything this week, but I'll just say what I can say. I will basically repeat what Howard has already said on the Quarry podcast just a couple days ago because I don't want to get in any trouble. Um, there's a new kit. It's the regional kit. It costs the organizer $1,000, but the prizes are pretty hefty. Um, if you notice, first place not only gets 20 points, which is a lot, you also get a championship buy to the ROC finals. So you automatically, at the ROC finals, get into top 16. So basically, you don't even have to try to get through the cut. You automatically get in, which is huge. Because the prizes at that are going to be even bigger. So you're already going to be in great shape for that. Um, Then you get 20 points on top of that for getting through the cut on other events. The way they've set this up is a lot like the Magic system now, where these points at pretty much every uh, Super Q and Regional from now on, you can pay X amount of your points and get straight into the top 16 or the top 8. So could you play in this regional, win 20 points, and then go to a different regional and spend those points to start fire up in that one? Yes. That's pretty awesome. So, um, and I'll get into that in a minute when we get to the rules part. But first place is getting that. They're getting the buy. They're getting dice and tokens. They're getting a map, a trophy, a realms, gold membership, a hat, and all that good stuff. But they're also getting four con exclusives. No dupes. And you... Basically, they have here's the pri- here's how many cons they give you for the whole tournament: two Zombie Galactus, two Black and two Blam, two Resurrection Man, two Impossible Man, and then one each of the other ones: World's Finest, Amazo, Jonah, Hulk, She Hulk, Dupe, Whiplash. First place gets his first choice of any four of those. That's nuts. Second place gets to choose any three of those. Third gets two. Fourth gets one. Fit so fourth through eighth. Even if you got top eight, you're at least guaranteed a con exclusive. You need something. And then you're also getting a map, dice, tokens. So top eight is paying out very well. Top 32 even at least get dice and tokens. object tokens. That's but awesome. it says on here the entry fee is $25. Howard told me on the phone that he's thinking they're thinking about bumping it up to 30 So I'm not sure yet if it'll be 25 or $30. But like I said... The prize pool is huge. First place is paying out, and that's so big worth time. it. Yeah, that first place is paying out huge. Um, and then also, in the top, uh, they're also giving additional sets of dice and tokens to give out for door prizes and additional prizes. So, a lot. Of, there's a good chance you're going to get the di- the ROC dice and tokens if you attend. And they also now are giving out judge pins so that you can know who your judges are as they're walking around, and they are giving out uh, LE play maps to the judges themselves. So that'll be nice. So, like I said, I can say some things. I can say that the first one will be here in Indianapolis at the convention center, and I will be running that along with TCG Player and a couple other local uh, people that I trust, and Drew and Austin will probably be helping me in some capacity as well. So the whole Dial H for Hero Clicks crew will be there in Indianapolis. With the stamp. So far, <laughs> our suggested, our predicted date is October 25th, but as soon as I get official word and everything, then we will share it. But for now, that's all I can say. We are, so we're thinking about the end of October, 
It's going to be in Indianapolis at the convention center, and the prizes are huge. Another good thing about the way they're doing these regionals, and Howard brought up a good point when he brought up why they wanted to do these. To play in these, you don't have to already attend a con. Let's yeah. say that I wanted to play at Gen Con, but I don't really give a crap that much about the other stuff at Gen Con. Not only do I have to pay to enter Worlds, but I also had to buy a badge for yep. X, over $50 at most cons. How much is is it in Worlds? 25 bucks. I, I don't honestly know. But it can't be that much. It, most of the events are 12 bucks. But I'm just saying, the, I'm having to spend almost a hundred dollars yeah, just to get if in. you think about the weekend because you're, you're gonna have to attend World's multiple is, days. Well, just three days, yeah. You're yeah, gonna you're gonna have to attend over at least a hundred dollars doing these at the centers, but not during a convention saves the players on average a hundred dollars a piece. So that's a good point to bring up. This also will be the around the same time that TCG player will do be doing their Indiana State Magic Championships and their Yu-Gi-Oh. State yeah. championships, so they kind of want to do it all at the same time. Make HeroClix be involved, and and I'm pretty excited about it. It should oh, be yeah, pretty cool. It sounds awesome. Hopefully, we have a good turnout. But this is how it's going to be. So, if you guys are at all familiar with Magic, you know that they do the state level for the. They do these exact same things for those, except they do them at the state level. Since this is just starting out, they're just going to do regionals. I think he said six. He might have said eight. Um, but he said, of course, that doesn't let him cover the whole country, but this is the first year, and if it goes well, they're hoping that they can keep opening up more locations. So support Joe Rock. So if you're anywhere in the Indianapolis area, i got to think a lot of people are going to show up to this, considering that people travel very long distances for Super Qs. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. i got to imagine that we're going to have a lot of people show up to this regional. And the cool thing about this being the opening one for it, for those of you guys who have never been to Indianapolis... Indianapolis is a really nice town for visiting. Like, it's a great tourism spot. Lots of stuff to see, restaurants, downtown's really nice. Yeah, it's for a great, living. Yeah, <laughs> and we live here. If you, uh, if, you, if you come up here, get a hotel, play in the rock, enjoy the city, great place. Sleep on my couch. Save you some money. Don't offer that, Hunter, because you know everyone's going to want it. <laughs> You're going to have to do a lottery system. <laughs> um, so anyways, yeah, if you guys are anywhere in Indiana area and you guys want to uh, attend, please do so. Um, so, backing away from our specific regional, it's cool that they have two new size kits now. Especially, honestly, more the win a map kit because, like I said, I think that's a good opportunity for a lot of these venues to get their beak wet mm. and, and you know, have a kind of a test run to decide if they want to then do a, a qualifier or, you know, level or, or bigger event. So that's it on the event changes. Um, the seasons have changed. Last year there were four dif- different seasons for the formats. This year it's pretty simple. There's only two different ones. The different seasons are, let's see here. The first season is 300 points, modern age, no tactics. And they have changed it to consider... Entities a tactic. Okay. So it's modern age, 300 points, no tactics, which includes entities for the ROC. That's not official hero clicks jargon. Just the so at your local venue, if your venue says no tactics, it's still legal in the overall game of hero clicks, but at ROC events that say no tactics, okay. entities will not be allowed. 
So 300 points, modern age, no tactics, no entities, no figure larger than a peanut base. So vehicles are still in play, except pretty much just the cycles. Yeah. Um, that cuts out team bases. Cuts out Ant-Man, or Giant, well, Giant-Man's not modern. And uh, cuts out Colossals for the most part. Yeah, no anti-monitor, no so, zombie Galactus. Second, and that is from September through March. Wait, did Worlds have that rule in play? Oh, no, because people played Justice no. League. What am I thinking? Yeah. Uh, that's for um, September through March. Now, if you scheduled your event before these announcements were made, you do not have to go by these. Like, I know our uh, dial, first annual Dial H event on October, is it 15th? Um, 18th on October 18th we will actually be having tactics it'll be 300 point modern age tactics so that's because we had it scheduled way in advance so basically you can get grandfathered in but from this point on if you're creating an event in that time period that's what you have to run after September it's just straight up 300 points modern from, or no sorry from April 2015 to October 2015 so it's two halves. It's a lot simpler now. Uh, the rounds of play has also changed. You'll have to look at the chart when you run it and see what they suggest for how many players play before you break and eliminate other people. A couple new changes that I really liked, though. The first of all being ties. If two players have a zero-point tie, then they both get a zero-point loss. Really, really like that change. Mm-hmm. Not only does it discourage stalling, it just discourages just playing slow in general. Agreed. Which is which was a huge problem at Gen Con. In fact, from what I've heard, there have never been this many zero point ties in world's history in in the history of Hero Clicks for Worlds. Like this year Damn. was the most zero point ties that they had. That's mm-hmm. nuts. And that I I kind of talked about it today after when we were coming home. Part of it is there's too many things in the game that you have to worry about that don't include making actions. At the beginning of my team, my turn, I have to declare my entity power, my entity modifier value, uh, what rings I'm going to put on who, and leadership, and then I'm going to perplex this. That's all before I've even done anything. That's like two, three minutes before I've even done anything. You consider that the average match is between forty-five and fifty-five minutes. You're only getting through like five turns. Okay, the round timing rule. Did you see that? Yeah, we're and they to, okay didn't know if we were. And that's to. how it's always been. Well, um, it, I just like I think it's cool. Idea. When uh, and, and then you so then you think about that you're only getting like five or six rounds each into the game, and then you put into effect the fact that Bizarro can't be killed easily, and he's very popular. Yeah. And then you have things like Bizarro Resurrection Man, which is even more unkillable. And then you have things like Iron Pharaoh, who can just stay barrier. away the whole time and barrier in. And you're talking about events that just take too long to play. The game in general takes too long to play right now. That's kind of a problem with the overall game, period. But this will at least help solve that on a play scale, play level. Each player will be ready, on their toes, thinking about what they're going to do next turn. And, and be a little more aggressive. And be a little bit quicker with their actions. Because no, neither of you wants a zero-point loss. Um, if you do tie, if you do somehow manage to both score points and then you tied, like I said, if you both ran like a Scotty's Warbot and you both killed a Scotty's Warbot, 
each, and you both scored thirty points, you would have you would then take each of your figures at the same time and deal each of your figures one damage and check see if anybody died and then go from there once somebody finally scores bonus points from that then that player wins that's in lieu of doing a roll off if you somehow like if you're playing identical teams and you somehow got identical things and then you KO and everybody KO'd at the same time then you just straight do a roll off so chances are you're not going to roll off at all anymore and like I said, if you get zero point ties, it's automatic losses for both players. I really like both of those changes. Yeah, that's. Just I honestly want to start doing the both of those at our local venue and see how it goes. But we'll we'll see. Um, we don't have a lot of ties though. That's right. That's true. We we very rarely have ties, and we extremely rarely have zeros. I don't think we've ever had a zero zero. No, I don't think so. That I can think of. Um, Austin was bringing up this. This has been in play for a long time, but this is something else you may want to enact at your venue if you don't already. Hello. Rounds are forty between 45 and 55 minutes long. You call 30-minute warning and 5-minute warning, but when you call that warning, you have a plus or minus 5-minute uh, window. So when I say 30 minutes, there could be anywhere between 25 and 35 minutes left. And when I call 5 minutes, there could be anywhere between 3 and 7 minutes. So it it encourages you to play each other instead of playing the clock. Yeah. I wonder what Austin thinks about that. <laughs> and then when last action is declared, any and this is how it's supposed to be, but I know some judges do their things differently. So some judges like to, and I don't necessarily hate this, it's a preference thing, but some judges, when time runs out, they'll say one more round. So basically, if it's your turn, and I'm you're playing Austin, okay. and I call time, and it's your turn. You finish your turn, and then Austin finishes his full turn, and then the game's over. Yeah. That keeps people from playing the time, because if I call five minutes, or even ten minutes, and you're trying to keep up with the time in your head, you could try to make it where time would run yeah. out on your turn. You could try a timer scan. Um, but in ROC, if the judge calls last action, then you finish any action that's already been declared, and if it hasn't been declared yet, then the game's over. So there's no there's no little like play there. As soon as I say the last action, it's not. And that's how I do it in my venue too. And I wish more places would do that. So for example, um, I use this example in the thing I'm typing up for us. But let's say that my Punisher is going to running shot, and I haven't declared it yet, but I know he's going to running shot. So I say Domino's going to perplex Punisher's attack plus one. And you say last action. Drew yells out last action. I cannot do my running shot. I have not declared running shot yet. Yep. I'm preparing for it, but I haven't declared it yet. As soon as he calls last action, if I haven't said the words, Punisher's going to running shot, then I don't get it. It's over. So um, that's how it's going to be at our. I was going to say, the rule about the modifier on the time where it's plus or minus two minutes or whatever on the announcement, and the last action calls being very direct, I love that. Because player, as they say on there, players should be playing each other, not the clock. And that's a big problem, I think. I ran into it at Gen Con last year. I know a lot of local players were complaining about some events they were in this year where people were doing crap like that. And it's it makes you feel cheated. Like, you're there to play the game, not stall out and play the clock. How did that Street Fighter tournament go for you last year? I don't want to talk about it. Uh, Another huge change that I really, really like. Oh, I love this change. When you attend an event, you choose three legal maps... And you put those on your build sheet when you fill out your army build. Build. I don't know why I said build so weird. Build. Build. You know that sounds like on uh, 
uh, Kill Bill whenever she's talking to the yeah. dude that smokes pipe and he's like, mm, where's Bill? Where's Bill? Alright, that's enough for that tangent. I didn't get the reference. You've seen Kill Bill? You've seen Kill Bill. What? It's like my favorite movie. I've never seen Kill Bill. Hunter, we've been over this crap. I have not seen a lot of movies. Have you seen Kung Fu Hustle? Yes, I love Kung Fu Hustle. Uh, Kill Bill's way better. Anyways, you only get three legal maps. You have to list them on your build sheet. And those are the only three maps you can use. Unless the venue provides a map at each table, which they're supposed to do. So you can either use the map that's in front of you, or you can use one of your three. So it's going to make you have to make some choices when you design your team as to what counter maps you maybe want to bring. Mm-hmm. Maybe bring Pacific Ocean if your team doesn't do well with barrier teams or something like that. So anyways... It's to keep people from wheeling up like one of those library carts that holds books full of maps. Yeah. And it's like, okay. I forgot about those old library carts. <laughs> they just literally wheel it up to the table. I forgot like, about you, libraries in general. What are you playing over there? Oh, yeah, Wikipedia kind of made them obsolete, but it's like wheel up the cart. What are you playing over there? Barrier team, that's pretty cool. There's Pacific Ocean. Uh, what else we got here? Uh... And the map in this case only consists of one side of a double-sided map. Mm. So, oh, so you so have to if I bring my ocean map, I can't choose the other side. If uh, I list the ocean, your build sheet. Yeah, yeah. that's cheeky. Yeah. Um, that's that's oh, actually really. Cool. Also, I forgot to mention this on the type up, which I need to do. Not only are all are all uh, WizKids Modern Age maps. But all grid reality maps are legal. I just, I just saw that. That's pretty interesting. And the ROC map that they give out in the prizes is also and we, legal. We've played on some grid reality maps. They're really good maps. Yeah, some like, of my favorite ones are, are grid reality maps. Yeah, like that's... Oh, awesome. the park? Yep, the park. The park. I like the warehouse, the swamp. Swamp's yeah, really swamp's good. really good. The park. So that kind of opens up, you know, tactics a little bit too. Um, anything else I want to mention that changed... House rules are not allowed at an ROC event. Yeah, and that's always been the case. I know, just funny. Um, well, how are they gonna? There's no way for that to work. Nah, dude, but my my kitchen table. We don't allow resources where we play, so uh, we're just not gonna allow resources at your ROC. Event. At my you kitchen table, be, we uh, do full speed running shot. You'd be, you'd be very surprised at the rules Stupid that shit people. So that's going to do it for the main changes. But I just, I just thought some of those were really interesting, and I'd like to, you know, even the map thing for some competitive events coming up at venues. Like I would like to try that yeah, out. Yeah, I agree. Now. Like I think honestly, that's something that I think WizKids should look into. Like that's a great idea because we've talked before how when you build teams, a map is part of your team. Yeah. Like to actually literally treat it well, like these that days, is awesome. it is the battlefield condition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now the battlefield and conditions the, are and. Dead. As I like, I was kind of joking the whole library cart thing, but I mean, I carry I don't know thirty maps with me in yeah, my backpack. I, I was just thinking today, I have I'm, like fifty five maps. I was it, like, I got to clean out this backpack. I know I, I need, can't fit anything. I else gotta in. get my dupes out of there. And I sit and I flip through until I find a map that counters my opponent's team. Usually, I mean, like it's a valid strategy, but I like that because it also we've talked before. Maps either help you or hurt your opponent, or a little bit of both. Like you kind of have to decide: is there a team that really shuts down my team? Should I build a ca- or should I make sure I have the counter map for it, or do I plus, pick one that makes me better? Plus, if I'm playing casual events, I always like having a lot of maps because I can just randomly pick one. And then be <laughs> That's like, always fun. Map yeah. lottery. And be like, ah, oh, I finally get to play Amazing Spider-Man Bell Tower. <laughs> I love Bell Tower. Moving into community, battering scored a perfect thirty on the last week of Dial Design Month, August. Took them long enough. 
The uh, <laughs> you could build any character from any literary, whether it's comics or a book. We actually had a ton of book submissions this week, but he got a perfect thirty on his Bawana Beast, and I was gonna do him for feature dial, of course, since it's not often that we get a perfect dial. He has a lot of leap climb and flurry. The actual dial is not super strong. He does have a special attack power. Uh, that lets him use leadership. When he uses leadership, other friendly characters with the animal keyword may use the following effects that correspond with the D6. So not only does he have a leadership, oh, a cool but he idea. also buffs the rest of the animals. On a 1 to 2, he gives them all si- uh, sidestep plus 1 speed. On a 3 to 4, they get toughness plus 1 defense. 5 to 6, they all get willpower plus 1 attack. Damn, so you remove a token, willpower plus 1 attack. Then he has a trait, which is kind of the best part. Uh, you give Bawana Beast a double power action. He doesn't have willpower, so that will push him. When he is adjacent to two or more friendly characters with the animal keyword. So they have to all be together. You choose one of the characters to be the template. And you remove one of the other characters from the map. And place it on the template's card. So let's say, for example, what's two animals that you like, Drew? Uh, lizard and uh, Aliosha? No, like animal. Oh, wait, figures. Never mind. Lizard. I you were saying animal animals. All right, so let's take lizard and Aliosha. It's not a real animal, Drew. All right. Got animal keyword. So if lizard and Aliosha is who uh, oh, Drew chooses, and let's say that Drew wants to empower Aliosha with lizard wait. with lizards Hold on. stuff. Hold on. Did Austin like want me to bring like three pheasants to the yes. game table? No, I thought that that's what Hunter was asking. It's a HeroClix podcast, Austin. I know it. Not, not National Geographic no, Weekly Podcast. The question was, what are your favorite animals? You know what I miss? This is a huge tangent. Those little zoo books that you used to read when you You mean zoo books? Fucking <laughs> zoo books were awesome. Anyways. I saw one on horseshoe crabs. Horseshoe crabs are so cool, Hunter. Those things are freaking scary. They're awesome. Anyways. They bleed blue, Hunter. We are getting... Anything that bleeds blue is awesome. Too many tangents today. So, anyways, one of them you remove... Or, one of them is your template. So, let's say we take Alyosha for our template. We remove one of the other adjacent characters and put it on the template's card. So, we put Lizard on Alyosha's card. Lizard is the specimen. The template, so Alyosha, can use the Chimera ability. This character may use all powers and abilities possessed by the specimen. So Alyosha can now use all of Lizard's powers. Including Lizard's tail swipe. When this character would take damage, the specimen takes the damage instead. And when the specimen is turned to a KO click, it's then removed from the game immediately. Really, really cool. Um, so not only does he has a, have a really cool, unique trait and idea that hasn't been done, but he also has really character-accurate dial and a really cool attack power as well. So he ended up getting a perfect score. I really, really enjoyed it. But um, our overall winner was Renocon again. Uh, he's He's been in the lead the whole month, and he ended up... He got like a 28, I think, and stayed one point ahead of Battering and, and ended up winning. So we now have multiple winners. Multiple... We now have multiple, multiple, I guess I should say. Um, Swagnito's one of multiples. Renocon, Batarang. There's one other person. Is it Doom PhD? Swagnito. I already said Swagnito. Yeah. Swagnito's multiple one point. I think, I think Doom PhD, but I could be wrong. One of the Dooms. We got too many Doom logo people. You guys need to get some actual... Uh... 
Um, then best build. So some of you guys may have already seen the best build assignment. I did start posting it on the Realms and Reddit, and I also shared it on our Facebook group. But those of you guys who just listened to the podcast may not be aware of best build. Best build, we will actually be playing this Saturday. Um, so we only have until Thursday to choose these teams. So today is August 30th. You have until September 4th to turn in your team to our Gmail account, dial h4heroclicks at gmail.com. The build is this. 400 points, Golden Age teams, no battlefield conditions or feats, all other effects are legal for play. And how it works is, after each player takes a turn, the outside squares of the map turn into a different type of terrain. And the terrain depends on which match this is. So during the first round, all after I go, the outside row turns into water. Then Drew goes, next row turns into water. Row and column, so the out, whole outside of the map. Then I go, water. Drew goes, water. And it keeps on shrinking down after we each take a turn. And once there's only a 5x5 five five square, then the map will stop shrinking. On the second round, that it works the same way, except it fills in with hindering. And then, the, and then on the last match, it's going to fill in with blocking. And any character that occupies a square that gets turned into blocking takes one unavoidable and gets scooted inwards again. So to, if your character got stuck with two action tokens at the wrong time, they could effectively end up taking one, two, th- four unavoidable damage before they get cleared and can do anything about taking the, the thing. So that should be good. What that also, which is, this is funny, what the third round filling in with blocking also does is it kind of screws over the power battery team because it can't use its prob and all that stuff, and it's going to be taking clicks of damage as it keeps getting pushed in. So, and pretty much every team we have so far involves the power battery. So, you guys may not want to do power battery uh teams for this event they'll be okay for the first two rounds but the third round they're going to get hosed pretty bad anyways if you'd like to read the all the details again for yourself uh, you can check this out on realms or on the heroclix subreddit and i will have both of those uh, urls pasted in our uh, podcast description i'm gonna give a quick hint if you want drew to pick your team make sure sphinx is on it (laughs) sphinx i desperately want to play sphinx we do have one that's just a straight up 400 point zombie Galactus if anybody's interested in that. I don't think, yeah, do we even have a zombie Galactus? Yeah, I have one. And he's really good at 400. Yeah, he's really good. I think 400 is best dive. I'm not going to lie, that one's tempting me, Hunter. It is really tempting me. So, anyways, that's the best build. You guys have till Thursday. Send them to our Gmail account or post it on the uh, Realms thread or the Reddit thread. Let's get into some mailbag. See what we got this week. And it's been a while since I checked our Gmail account, so let's go to Facebook first while my Gmail's loading up. We have a new message. Stephen Hannon. Hey, guys. I had a comment and question for the show. Uh-oh. There are a few things I would love to see with... Uh, didn't we read this one? No, no, no. Okay, similar one. We were talking about it. Uh, there are a few things I would love to see WizKids implement. One would be an Injustice League ATA. No, we, no, we did this read one. this. Why does it say Because I got the flyers. Well, then why does it say new? Because Facebook's retarded. Oh, oh wait. Maybe he reads... No, he wrote another one. Which okay. Okay. My bad. <sighs> so we have a new email from... Last week, Austin, he believes, 
made a mention of the old soaring mechanism. No, that was you. And how soaring figures could make close combat attacks against elevated figures. I said I wish they could. This, Hunter said, I think Hunter was the one who said they could. This is not correct. Well, I know it's not correct. I was just using the example of, okay, then he lists how it works. I know. Sorry. <laughs> I know how it worked. I'm just saying, like, that's kind of how that, that type of idea did sort of used to be in play back in the day. Uh, but thanks for sharing. And I just want flyers to be able to punch people. Oh, Iron Man is sitting literally right here. He's jetting up on the figure. Looks like he's going to punch somebody in the face. Can't but he can't. Looks like that's it for Facebook. Let me make sure we don't have posts. You guys are slacking this week. Okay. Then, well, I think we have some on Gmail. We better. I'm going to be upset. Yeah. All right. Already right here, Eric sent this one just today, just like an hour ago. (laughs) You Actually, 30 minutes ago. You almost missed the cutoff. Uh, And he even says, hopefully I didn't submit these too late. Number one, do you prefer to have invincible top dial or mid dial? That's a damn good question. Oh, man, that's a hard one. I like it both places. <laughs> <laughs> you got it! Actually, I was going to bring this up earlier because uh, the Venom GP this week has... Uh, you're playing on mini-maps, and your team consists of five single figures, and you play one-on-ones. Yeah. Um, for that event, like I was really thinking about how much I'd love to have Invincible Top Dog, because Alpha Strike sucks. Yeah. I mean, let's be blunt here. Alpha Strike sucks. And today I got to play Black Dwarf, who has Invincible on his top dial. And I, oh my gosh, I always forget how much I love Invincible until I play someone with it. Like, it shuts down a lot of stuff. Don't have to worry about poison. It, I like it top dial, personally, I think, more. Because it stops you from being knocked on a shitty stats. Mid-dial's alright if you have a good stopping point with regen and stuff like that after it. I enjoy mid-dial Invincible when I've had it. The the prime example in my head being the Skeleton Skullwalkers yeah. from Mage Knight. I've played them in two different tournaments, and they have two clicks of mid-dial Invincible, and they're only 55-point piece to begin with, and nobody ever expects all of a sudden this little Skeleton Skullwalker to have you know Invincible. Makes them and if you, if you wait just an extra turn before you send them into the battle, you know, into the fray... Um, it really screws people over because a lot of the times, you know, think about it towards the middle and the end of the match, people are pumping out huge amounts of damage yeah. and then they always hit them onto Invincible and then they can't deal with it at that point. And those Skeleton Skullwalkers also have like Flurry Steel Energy on the on those clicks too. So um, The other reason I was going to say that I like Top Dial though is because it helps against Super Strength. That plus three damage all yeah. of a sudden is not really going to help as much. It helps against huge Alpha Strikes like you said. Number two, which X-Men characters do you hope to see make their cinema debut in Age of Apocalypse? Well, I still haven't seen Days of Future Past. Well, we know Apocalypse is going to be... Sabretooth! Sabretooth's been in the yeah, movies, though. Anybody who you want to see be in the movie that... I'm trying to think of not just X-Men characters, because they I actually would have said Blink, but Blink Cyclops Blink was in. better, better... Cyclops better have his rocking outfit from Age of Apocalypse. There's an Age of Apocalypse Cyclops Mr. Sinister. Yeah, I'm trying to think of people who are actually in Age of Apocalypse, though. Because otherwise I'll just start listing Phantom X and people I like, not people who actually... Hey, uh, not Havoc. Havoc's in First Class and all that. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. Havoc is in. Um, uh, he was in the last one too. Yeah. Days of Future Past. Or you haven't seen it yet? Have I haven't seen Days of Future Past. Yet. Spoiler alert! I Havoc's know. <laughs> I know. The first class guys are in it. I know that. Um. Let's see. I I do think Mister Sinister would be cool. Mister Sinister. Is he is he in Age of Apocalypse? You just recently reread it. I read the new. I read the new stuff. Uh, I read the old stuff. I don't think he is. I don't think he is either. Let's get a little list of. The well, I mean, usually he's involved. There's a lot of people in it. Oh, I know. There's a lot, but no, not necessarily. Not really. Not really. Characters in this event. All right, Mystique. Wild Child. Wild Child. Abyss. Quicksilver. We already know. Wolfsbane. Wolfsbane. Wolfsbane would be a really good one. Oh, mm-hmm. Sugarman. I don't know shit about Sugarman. He's scary. Eh, there's Sabretooth. Uh, Silver Samurai's already been in a movie, technically, even though that really wasn't... A movie. Silver Samurai. <laughs> yeah. I kind of like that movie. You didn't no, like it? Okay. I haven't <laughs> seen it yet, either. Wolfsbane would be a really good one. I really like Wolfsbane, Wolfsbane. anyways. Wolfsbane? Shadowcat been in it? Yeah, she was in... One of the old X Men movies because I remember her running through a wall and carrying somebody, one of the kids with her. Uh, it's probably like X Two or something. Wait, I think Kitty it was X Two. Yeah, Kitty. I thought she. Was, uh, no, what? Shadow Cat is Kitty. Shadow King. No, I mean I was trying. To, I thought she Hellfire was Hellfire Oh, Shadow King. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know he could be really badass, anyways. Yeah. Like in yeah, a, in a movie, they could do his whole yeah. power set really cool. How about Professor X? Has he been in an X-Men movie? I think so. Oh. God. Has he, is there one that he hasn't been in? X3. Patrick Stewart has been in everything. He's in X3. Is he? He gets killed. Doesn't he? Yeah. Doesn't he get killed in X3? Yes. I don't know. That movie's terrible. He transfers his... Mo- he dies okay, in the beginning. We're going to clarify this shit. Because people like to keep arguing about the fact that Patrick Stewart shows back up in Days of Future Past... Or Professor X, and they're like, where the hell did he come from? If you watch the after credit scene of X3, it blatantly shows where he came from. Just because you people didn't watch the after credit scene doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah, but they're not supposed to be related. Yeah, they are. They I, are? I thought they said that the new set of movies were supposed to be They are separate. different, but Days of Future Past ties the timelines. So it still finishes off of that. You know what? It's an X-Men timeline thing. It's fucked up regardless. I was going to say, you know what they... They successfully have replicated the X-Men formula because the whole thing is fucking confusing as shit and makes no sense. Exactly. Chronologically anyway, so you think you've successfully created X-Men comics, so good this job. This is true. I, I mean, like, I give them so much shit, but now that I think about it... I love X-Men, but god dang it, it's impossible to keep up with everything. God, Age of Apocalypse is so good. But, oh, I was gonna say Bishop, but he was in the... Yeah, I was about to say that Bishop was in the last one. Honestly, they've done most of the important guys. Most of my favorite guys, mm-hmm. too. Um, number three. How could Austin possibly think that Cheez-Its and Chili are better than Fritos? I don't know. Get the know. fuck out of here. I'm pretty sure he's Get gay. the fuck out of here. I'm, I'm pretty I'm sure he's gay. Number four. What are your top five generics from Guardians? Oh, shit. Good question. Oh, Let's pull man. some of them up. That one's painful. I'll tell you right now, Alpha Primitives are, are up there. I second that one. For sure. They're so good. They're so good for their points. Alright, we have Chitari, who's not bad. Uh, this guy is really good. I use him in Royals. Chitari War Leader is well worth his points. He can use Outwitted or Perplex, and he can use it again 
if the person that he targets gets KO'd, is that right? No, if no, he no, uses wait, leadership I'm, to remove a token from Sorry, him. I'm thinking of the other person. He's leadership. And uses it twice if he if he used leadership to remove an action token from Oh him. no, if he and uses it twice if he the, Sorry, this isn't the guy I'm thinking of. From the, a character with Chitari keyword. So all he has to do is remove a token from a Chitari to use This guy is good for his points. He's not the one I was thinking of though. Um, so we got Chitari, Chitari, War Leader, Creep Private, I have not used yet. Um, but he is pretty solid for He's his points. Good. Raptors, um, Raptors are pretty good for their points as well. Space Knights. Austin definitely likes Space Knights a lot. Um, and they do have a really good top down for 75 point figure, running shot, psychic blast. Six range. Just Indom. As long as they don't get, yeah, Indom and Invulnerability. It's and they ignore Hindering. Dude, I think even them getting hit is pretty decent. Let's put them to the side because they are really good. Icon yeah. is not a generic, I don't think. Nope. Dire Race. Dire Race are pretty good. The yep. Queen is better. The Queen is fucking nuts. The queen has um, a shape change, and if she rolls a 1 to 2 once per turn, you can re-roll it. Yep. <laughs> then she has another trait that gives her Psychic Blast 24-7. Oh, by the way, she has an energy explosion. And uh, so Psychic Blast energy explosion. That ain't good. Oh, wait, no, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> when she KOs an opposing character, place that character on this card on any click. She and friendly characters named Dire Wraith can use any standard powers that character possesses. That is fucking good. Any. So not only does she get any power, but she gives it to all her little buddies, too. You know what I want to do with this bitch? She's one of the best generics, period. Or I don't know if you consider her, her a generic. But still. I don't know if she is, but even if she's not, she still gets Play on the Play a diary team and give her Doc Ock arms and just fuck everything up. I don't care if she is a generic. She somehow is so good that she makes her way onto this list. Um, and honestly, the generic die race are pretty dang good, too. Yeah. We got Spartoy Elites. They're pretty solid for their point pretty value. Solid. 33 points. Uh, Regillian Colonizers. I like the Regillians. Badoons. Uh, the regular Badoons are okay, but not that good. The Brother Royal is who I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah this is who I was thinking of. Brother Royals are pretty solid for their points. Um, if there's two of them on the maps, they get plus one on all combat values. And can you shape change stealth? So you definitely want to play two of them. But the, the damage power is what's sweet. Give him a free action and choose Outwit or Perplex. Brother Royal can use the chosen power this turn even if he has already done so. Each time an opposing character is KO'd by a friendly character's attack, he can use his power again. This is the guy I was thinking of. Yeah, okay. Austin, what's his name? He, Brother Royal. He can use Outwit uh-huh. or Perp, and then if you KO somebody that turn, he can use it again. What figures did we previously talk about? Don't do this to me, Drew. Dire Wraith Queen is up there. She's nah, she's, she's forked. Yeah, she's really good. Space Knight. That's what earlier I thought you pulled one, and that's what I was freaking out. I was she's so good. Space Knight's really good too. Um, let's see what else we got. Crew Lieutenant. I haven't really looked at this guy yet. Ooh, ooh, he's good for forty-five points. Adjacent yeah. friendlies with Krieg a plus one attack. And he's got an enhancement. And enhancement and sidestep and an energy oh, wow. and all that good stuff. He's pretty dang good. Let's throw him over to this side too. Creed, uh, Alpha, Alpha Primitive's already definitely on there. Creed General. Let's see. What all is he bringing to the table? Uh, that trait for 76 points? Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, energy Explosion <laughs> and Leadership. When he uses Leadership, he's actually... That's pretty good. Now, mm, he's really good, too. Uh, <laughs> that trait... 
Any each opposing character that isn't adjacent to another modifies its defense minus one unless already modified. Then energy explosion leadership. When he uses leadership succeeds, he can just remove one from a friendly character with Cree. That's pretty good. <clears throat> There's a lot of Ronins, by the way. Yep. <laughs> There's like eight. <laughs> and then the damage power can use that wit. Can be given a power action placement. Including speed. a 300 point motherfucking beast of a Ronin from the movie set who also has the Cree keyword just thrown out of there. Cree General could just teleport six squares? I gotta say, he's he barely squeaked his way onto the fifth slot. Um, we're gonna go with Space Knight. Dire Wraith Queen, if that's considered a generic. Like I said, she's so good, she somehow is gonna make the list even if she's not. I don't give a shit. I'm so happy we got Space Knights, by the way. Cree Lieutenant, Alpha Primitive, and Cree General. I really Let's talk think... about Alpha Primitive. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, that's true. I didn't talk about him. So for only 30 points and only three clicks long... He's fucking stupid. But this dial is packed. First of all... The set, charge, super strength, toughness, and power on all three. Three damn. <laughs> he's got my favorite trait. But this trait is why he's really he's good. He's got my favorite trait. If a friendly character within humans and a higher point value is within four squares, you can give Alpha Primitive a free action to move as if he had four. Something. And then he has a nine movement charge on top of that. So he effectively has a nine, nine square charge. charge if you really need him to. With a ten attack. And super strength. And empower. So if you're on a multiple of these bastards... It's so stupid! <laughs> then he has another trait, which is bad for him, but honestly doesn't come into play too often. Uh, if he's targeted without wit, he loses all his powers. When he's uh, targeted by mind control, he takes negative two defense. But friendly characters that aren't alpha primitives can mind control him. And when they do, he's dealt one unavoidable after actions resolve, unless it's Maximus. I can't but wait to play Maximus in like a horde of these, these guys. These guys, I, I had him in a royal with a uh, with my Karnak, and so he was getting free movement from Karnak. Karnak had the perplex for other Inhumans, and then he was empowering Karnak already, and it was just nuts. This figure is almost exactly what I'd imagine the Iron Man drones would be made if they made them now. Like, think about it. Instead of Maximus, have it where it's uh, Tony Stark and crap like that. I mean, that'd be perfect. So we're going with Space Knight, Dire Wraith Queen... Creep Lieutenant, Alpha Primitive, and Cree General. Lots of Cree. Last question. Is there a location that is not currently a map that you wish would be? That's a really that, good question. God, I hadn't thought of that. Hmm. Mini Krakoa? <laughs> just so you can have a new Krakoa? No, no, I don't want a new Krakoa, honestly. So basically the Krakoa from Wolverine the X-Men school? How many, yeah. How many X-Mansions do we have? None. Is there One. one. That's what I'm wondering. Is I, don't, there one at I don't know if there is one. I think there might be one. If there's an X-Men mansion, let us know. <laughs> let us know what said. No, I'm thinking going. of Doctor Strange's mansion. Yeah, those are a little different. Shut up, Dick. Those are a little different. Oh, man. Well, both I mansions. was going to go through... I was sitting there trying to think of, like, Asgardian realms or anything, but they've all been done. Um, there's the danger room. That's true, there is the danger room. Yeah, but it's not the X-Mansion. Um, hmm, what locations would I like to see? We already have the Bat Cave. Baxter Building? I think there is a Baxter Building. I think it's really super old, but I'm pretty sure there is a Baxter Building. Um, damn, that's hard. They've done a lot. They've done almost hmm. everything. Blue Lantern Home Planet. I don't know if they did that on Warlight or not. Mm. What's their home planet called? I can't remember. It's gone now. <laughs> Ass. What, you still salty about that? Dude, I'm that's still forever salty about ago. that. 
their home planet is Yismal. Oh, never mind. That's Redliner. Derp. Uh, yeah, I think it just said Odom. Mm, where? It says bases. Elpis formerly Odin. Oh, I see. Yeah, they created the blue Elp- power. Elpis formerly Odom. So let's. Elpis is the new one. So it's I don't Odin. think there is an Elpis or an Odom. So yeah. Well, I didn't know if that was one of the war light sides or not. Yeah, and their um, their planet's really cool too. It's, it's, like, it's oh, a jungle planet. Yeah, it's kind of like tranquil and crap like it's that. It's like luscious. Is there a Savage Land map? If there isn't, I will be back. I feel like there is, but if not, there should be one. I feel like there is one, and I'm forgetting about it, though. Why do we not have a map that takes place on freaking the living planet? What about an Avengers mansion, but indoors? Like, inside the mansion? Because I know there's the one that's, like, in there, you know, the outside part, but an indoors would be cool with all the statues and everything, and Mm. maybe a little Jarvis somewhere, kind of, on the map. I want a Mogo map. Mogo map? That'd be cool. One you can accidentally kill and cause both players to lose. I want a colossal Mogo. That's what I want. That literally is half the map in size. Yeah. If they did, he should be the first five by five colossal. Mm-hmm. I want a generic. Well, they've done two moon maps now. If you count the blue side of the moon. There's a lot more Lord of the Rings uh, locations they could do in future oh, yeah. sets. No fun. Um, that would be really cool. Lord of the Rings has the potential for so many cool map battlefield maps. Yeah, I'd say inside of the Avengers Mansion if there's not one already. Um, is there a Watchtower map? Yeah. I'm sure there's bound to be. I'm pretty sure there is. I want more generic location maps. I want a parking lot. Or not a parking lot, a parking garage or something like that. would be cool. That's what's good about the Grid Reality set. Is yeah. They just take... The D-Day Beach is one of my favorite maps. Oh, God, I forgot that. That's was a, such a good map. I forgot that was a good reality yeah, map. That That's good. definitely up there on my favorites. Um, well, we, I'll, we, I'll be trying to think of some. I'm sure, you know, that'll hit us throughout the week. Why don't we make that our community question this week? That's a good idea. We'll do that community question next week. Because I think people will like that one. Yeah. All right. Let me see. Make sure we don't have any more. Oh, here's one from Edward. Let me make sure that it's not important. Oh, never mind. That was just a... You've been fired, Hunter, for talking on the podcast about the ROC. No, he gave me a, a good a little uh, broken clicks combination, but he said, shh, don't tell anybody, so I'm going to keep that quiet. You should probably tell us after this yeah, podcast. Please let me know. I want to know. I'll well, play it next on. week. Let me make sure we don't have anything we need to share right now. They're all like, what is it? What is it? They're all working in so many emails next week. Oh, so... This one is one of many that I got the first couple days as the podcast came out. So several of you guys emailed us and said that last week was your favorite podcast we've ever done. And I agree. Wait, what? That last week was one of our best episodes. And I really liked last week, too. Well, the whole discussion about the game objectively. Yeah. The fact that it's not really a a good game, but we, we love it. We love it. And like I said, I'll probably be playing this game for the rest of my life. Like... I'm going to keep all my stuff when my kids are old enough. I'm going to teach them. I'm going to talk about this solo of my stuff because I borrow hunters usually. <laughs> but, like, but I also know and accept that it's not the best game in the world. That is definitely And not. that we're trying to turn something that's not really good enough, built well enough to be competitive into a competitive thing. And that's something we have to always keep 
in mind when we discuss these type of things. But to be fair, and really, uh, like as I've been getting into board games and stuff in the last few months that I've learned, there's a lot of board games that are like that. They're far from the best board game. But if you find a game you love, you stick to it, yeah. and people make it competitive. Like Resistance. I don't know how the hell they play Resistance competitively, but there were Gen Con tournaments paying out oodles of stuff for it. Uh, but several of you guys uh, emailed and said you feel, you feel the same way and that you really, really liked the last episode. Um, and Rodney Anderson in particular, I saved his, I didn't delete his, because he brought up another good point. Um, that complexity creep is the biggest issue, I think, with with shooing people away from the game these days. But um, this other point. Actually, that so, uh, Josh told me that today. He said that's why he, he came back to try to play during Fear Itself, didn't know what the book did or anything, and like it kind of threw him off having to keep track of the book and everything on the board and all that stuff like that, and it kind of pushed him I away. I do again. remember him coming, because I'm pretty sure he pulled a Spider-Man. Super yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah, he came to play... Well, he tried to play in a few Fear Itself events. Um, I totally agree with that. But I, I this paragraph right here was also a good point. He uh, says, My local venues have seen new players come and go. The only ones who stick are the ones who got completely obsessed the day they picked up the game and immediately started going online and absorbing information like sponges. We talk about competitive versus casual Heroclix players, but I've never actually met a Heroclix player whose interest is quote-unquote casual in the real-world sense of the word even if they don't want to compete in big tournaments. That's true. Because the, the casual ones are always just collectors. The ones who stay, the ones who actually play... <laughs> They're not players. Yeah, the ones who actually play, you know, a couple yeah. weeks a month are the ones who really love the game. Not very many people come, try it once, are are more or less... They're like, uh, eh, this game's okay. They don't they don't keep playing. They never stick with the game. They, you know, it's always only the people that really, really like it that actually play. They're, in a sense... There is no such thing as a casual Heroclix player. And that's a good point, actually. That you you don't have really casual Heroclix owners. Oh, shut that door for me, Drew. Um, we had a, a suggestion last week. I said if you when we were talking about powers we would like to see and ideas to change them. Uh, we had a couple people submit some ideas. He says, uh, I love the idea for Quake. Um, I said the thing about where Quake should always knock back regardless if you have charge or reflexes. Mm-hmm. He says, I think it would need to also do one penetrating along with the knockback. He thinks anyone with a dolphin symbol should have stealth as long as they're in water. Yeah, I thought about that one I too. think you said that. You no, said I said that. Uh, ignore characters when they're in water. Ah. Still, still, it's not a bad one. Uh, he says, leap climb should stay the same, except if they're adjacent to elevated terrain. They should be able to take a free action to move up or down the terrain. Kind of like a little mini sidestep. That'd be like, kind of cool because, down. like, picture, like, Daredevil doing that. Like, he's sitting on the edge and he just flips himself up and just starts beating the shit out of somebody with close combat expert. Uh, he says, I like poison, but I think it needs to be a little more than it is now. But I don't really have any good ideas for the power. Yeah, poison's kind of hard because you make it any better and it becomes ridiculous. Yeah, I, I agree. I think poison's good Poison, enough. Poison's already swinging. Like, there's some poison's good. You just have to use it intelligently. You have to know who you're going to go with, go <laughs> after with it at the start of the game. Sidestep was a buff to poison. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, one power I think they need is a toughness and super senses abilities like impervious but with toughness and set. So basically... Toughness with a chance to reduce, I guess he's what he's saying. Or Tough, chance to evade. Toughness with a 5-6 roll where you're only reducing by one, but you have a chance to ignore it all. Uh, thanks so much. You guys do a great job on the podcast. Thanks, Paul. Um, there's a best build, best build. 
Yu-Gi-Oh once, but I think we did this one. No, we didn't. Uh, so when we did the Yu-Gi-Oh once, um, I talked about giant germs and how they could like bring more. He said they could also do something like that with um, the nimble Mamongo guys, like yeah. the, the little oh, flying yeah. squirrel guys. And he said that. Um, let's see. He, he said he could work the same way as your giant germ, but he heals you. Uh, let's see. Uh, the clicks version could instead, when he's knocked out, bring or heal a character within X squares of X damage. So like how Karibos blow up, the Momongas would heal people instead. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That is a pretty cool idea. He says, I'd love to see that kind of thing. My number one love would be the Elemental Hero Flame Wingman from Yu-Gi-Oh! GX. I have no idea who that is. Yeah, I hadn't watched But that name definitely is a Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah. Definitely. I want Bomb Beetle, damn it! Um, here's another leaf. Here's another leaf. We got Four Star Ladybug. It's not Bomb Beetle, though. This is from S-V, uh, S space v, so I have no idea. Uh, in regards to Leap Climb, what about a small change along the flavor of guys like Hawkman or Night Runner? Something like, give this character a move action, it can add plus one to breakaway and all the other stuff it usually gets, but if you end your movement adjacent to an opposing character on a different elevation than what you started on, you can get a free close combat attack. I think we actually came up with that suggestion once when we were talking about Leap Climb back before they did their original A very changes. long time yeah, ago. Yeah, a very long time ago. I, I definitely, I'm on board with that yeah, idea. There are a few pieces, like he like he mentioned, Hawkman yeah. Man and stuff like that, that can't already do that. Um, he says, not really game-breaking or, or really a big change for the old characters. Like I brought up the point, you don't want to make Leap... It, yeah. Like you said, we need to phase out Leap Climb, which is a, a valid point. Um... But you don't want to make it something crazy that doesn't make sense so that all the old Robins that have Leap Climb don't suddenly yeah, have yeah, hypersonic speed. And he said that changing it like that would make it better, but still thematic. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, something like that, or like the other guy suggested, the one space change elevation for free type thing. Yeah. Um, what do I think? Oh, it's Dumpstat. Yeah, we agree, Dumpstat. Yeah. And thanks for uh, Did doing our battle or action. Hmm? Is he changed attack, elevation? Not action. Okay, yeah, he put attack. Okay. Um, he also brought up the point that Teen Titans had a shit ton of people with leap climb. Yeah. Yep. And he even goes through and lists how many. He says three uh, GOTGs have leap climb, one movie, seven Deadpool, one Winter Soldier, four Iron Man, nine Wolverine the X Men, twelve in Amazing Spider Man, and then. 3 slash 366. 24 in Teen Titans had Leap Climb. That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's a... Thanks for doing all that research for us, too, by the way. Saves me time. <laughs> um, that's it for this week on the Mailbag. So before we sign off, I just want to remind you guys again... How awesome we are. How awesome that we are. <laughs> we know. And that you are. <laughs> but thank you, anyway. But um, remind you about our ROC coming up that we are personally hosting. It is at our venue in Indianapolis at the dugout. Hey, Hunter, how many prizes are we giving out at this thing? I'm giving out a lot of my clicks that I own. <laughs> so, um, uh, let me find it here. The date is October 18th. Um, I put on there from 12 to 6. It's going to be more like 12 to 7. The actual matches will not start until 1 o'clock, but... We will be giving out a ton of door prizes, 
In fact, the door prizes are far and away better than the actual competitive prizes that I'm giving out. So that's going to encourage all of you guys, even if you're not a super competitive player, to come out, have some fun, meet some new people, and uh, play some games. But like I said, the, the matches don't start till 1, but if you turn in your build sheet before 1230, then I will put your name into the drawings for the door prizes in extra time. So it's incentive to you to be there on time and to turn things in early so that that helps me get your stuff in early and it helps the whole tournament go smoother and it's an incentive for you so that you have a better chance at getting door There prizes. was a guy on Reddit talking about how he really wants to win your Thanos and I told him, I was like, I'm going to bring a Sharpie and if you win it, I'm going to make Hunter sign it. So if you win one of Hunter's figures... I am giving away some of my chases and super rares and money figures. Like We will make him sign them. They're cards. Nobody Sorry. wants me to sign their shit. Come on. It'll be awesome. Drew can value stamp it for you, though. But they're not valuable. As long as it's none of the fucking Hulk chases, those are not valuable. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> the, uh, the actual event starts at 1, but you guys should start showing up around 12. Hulk uh, Bring me a Hulk chase, see what happens. For, <laughs> format is 300 points, modern age, and there are tactics in play. All legal modern age tactics are in play. And they will be doing three rounds, cut to top eight. Um, all players will be cut out. But here's the thing. We're still going to be giving out door prizes. So if you don't get in top eight and you get cut out of the tournament, stick around. We're going to have DC deck builder type games set up to play. You can bring your other clicks with you to do some trading or to do a, a pickup game with people. We're going to have, uh, you can bring your Marvel Dice Masters and do some fun games. We have concession stands. Um, and like I said, we'll still be doing door prizes throughout the day, and we don't do the best ones until the end. So if you want your chance at getting Colossal Cyclops or my poker chips I made for this or anything else, Make sure you stick around and hang out with everybody. We also will be putting um, our boosters on sale. Our guys' prices are already low. Some of <laughs> they're the, some they're of these, ridiculous. Some low. of these I'm dropping even more for this sale. So, Speaking of concession stand, get a chili cheeseburger. Those things are great. Or get nachos with chili on them. Or nachos with chili and cheese on them. So get if you're you anywhere within, in, within driving distance of the dugout in Indianapolis, please if, come see us. If you were in the continental U.S. and or Canada or Mexico. Oh, and I forgot to uh, mention, it's only it's a qualifier level event, and it's only $10 a person. That's the cheapest I can make it. So I just need 20 people to show up for me to get my money back on the prize kit. And any more people who show up after 20, your $10 is going right into me buying more boosters for prizes. So... This is all about you guys. It's all about prizes. Where the store is not going to profit anything. In fact, after the sales and everything, I'm pretty sure I'm probably going to lose money. Well, we might make it back on the concessions. So there you go. Well, Buy so say. many chili cheeseburgers. <laughs> James is insane. Basically, uh, so, anyways, please, if you're mark that on your calendars, October 18th from 12 p.m. to roughly 7 p.m. at the latest at uh, the dugout in Indianapolis. Then, like I said, I'll have more news to share when I get official confirmation, but there, we'll also be doing the first ever uh, TCG Player Regional Events for Heroclix, and it'll be most likely October 25th, but when I have more details on that, which will hopefully be next episode, I will share those with you and give you all the details. So much crazy stuff going on with the ROC around here. So if you guys don't already follow us and you'd like to, our, uh, we are on Facebook and Twitter, Dial H for Heroclix, of course. 
You can also send us messages on our Gmail account under the same name, Clicks at Gmail. Spread the word about the podcast. You know, we don't ask you guys to promote the cast too much, but um, if, if you... Word of mouth is about all Word of mouth is all we have, <laughs> you know. Um, the greatness and love of our fans. Share, share the... The good word of the podcast with your local Heroclix players. There's a lot of players that don't know that there are even podcasts to begin with. Oh, yeah. Let alone ours. So, you know, share with your friends. If you guys have won any of our contests and you have your poker chips, you know, you can... Those are a good conversation starter because one side has our little logo on it. And then you can talk about the podcast and go share with everybody. Go knock so. on your neighbor's door and be like, have you heard the good word of Andrew Alderson? <laughs> we're, we're the best... <laughs> The best entertainment podcast when it comes to Heroclix. You could say that. Edward's the best information. I mean, we do we do have Mr. Drew Alderson and his value valuable value corner values over here. Stay tuned next week. That's a lot of value. Drew's gonna sell us something real nice next week. Quell your boners, folks. It'll be next week. <laughs> How does one cool one's boner? Quell. Like quell. Oh, quell. He, pull, he pulled out the big words. I didn't even know that was in your vocabulary. Quell. I haven't heard that word since AP English class. Drew's got a beautiful, a beautiful lexicon. Over I took AP English too. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna do it for us this week. We'll see you next week. See ya. Assume that song's not up to your. Uh, Austin has the worst white guy dance it was, back here. If you ever come to the when you come to, come to the rock, so Austin can do his terrible I'm not fucking dance. For anybody. <laughs>